Hey everybody, this is Casey from the Comic Jam. And this is Peter Woods, or PL Woods Comics, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio, you fucking bunch of cants. Devoted ones, thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. Appreciate you listening to that devil on your shoulder and putting aside all rational thought to hang out with me here, you know where, that's right, in the wasteland. And today, we're going to dive into a foxhole that I haven't occupied in a while to show some support for some of my network brothers in arms and have an awesome conversation about something that is near and dear to my heart. No, I'm not talking about Astroglide and large tubular vegetables. Not this time, anyway. I'm talking about voodoo, Viet fucking Nam, and badass indie comics. Joining me in the wasteland today are, in fact, a couple of my brothers from the Spoilerverse Network, to which I, of course, belong. You're probably aware by now, the Spoilerverse is your one-stop shop on the interwebs for all things pop culture and glorious, nerdtastic awesomeness. And when I heard my two comrades were starting a Kickstarter campaign to launch their new action horror comic, I couldn't wait to have them on and tell us all about it. So, with a wave of my magic phallus, I summoned the illustrious Casey Allen, who you might know from the Comic Jam, and the oh-so-proper Peter Woods of the mighty P.L. Woods Comics to give us the gory details of their epic new project, awesomely titled Voodoo Child with two L's. We'll talk about that later. Casey and Peter broke it all down for us. The origin of the story, the crazy spelling of the title, the overall concept, and their mind-blowing Kickstarter results so far. Most of you know by now that I'm a huge supporter of independent artists of all kinds. Musicians, writers, illustrators, podcasters, indie radio DJs, and so much more. So it was a blast for me to be able to go on this side quest and talk about a topic I haven't discussed in quite a while. So... Put down that voodoo doll, lock yourself in the bomb shelter, and prepare yourself for some pop culture combat. Here we go. Hey, Casey. Hey, Peter. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, man. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, not dead yet. Just trying to survive the uh, snow apocalypse. I'm sure oh, the man. people that are in like Montana are probably laughing at us right now. But uh, yeah, doing pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy outside. We're getting a little bit of that winter weather here in Birmingham, Alabama. And, um, you guys laugh at us, but we're getting a little bit of like flurries and people immediately shit their pants. Um, and Pete is in London (laughs) and, uh, I'm sure he's gotten a little bit of that there, but they actually have effective public transportation. Yeah. We had about four days of it last year, last week, yeah, last week. Um, and normally in the UK, if you have like half an inch of snow and the whole country grinds to a standstill, like, you know, it's not like we're in a Northern country where snow happens every year, but every year the whole country grinds to a halt. If you have half an inch of snow, although at the moment we're on lockdown, so we could all look out of the windows and just go, Oh, look at the snow. Isn't it pretty? Because we couldn't go out on it. So, you know, it's all good. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, being in lockdown and, and brave in the indoor weather to kind of hang out today. So let's talk about this project. But before we talk about uh, this project, let's get a little bit of history on you guys. For my listeners, it may or may not be familiar with what you do. So Casey, let's start with you. Let's uh, get us a little bit of background on the Comic Jam. What is it? What do you guys do? And define Comic Jam for us, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't understand that concept. So the Comic Jam is an online community that uh, we started back in 2016, 2017, something like that. And um, it came off of Reddit um, and is basically a bunch of people that decided, hey, let's start a community where we can create comics and hold ourselves accountable to creating these comics. And um, it's it's a challenge for our uh, writers, artists, letterers, inkers, uh, colorists uh, to produce just one page per week, just one page. Um, and each week we have a theme that we vote on. And then we take that theme, uh, give our writers a week to write that script out, and then the uh, the rest of the team get the rest of the month to produce a page and then it goes up on the website which is thecomicjam.com and uh it's a lot of fun i've met a lot of comics professionals that way i've met a lot of people like pete here who um the first time i saw his artwork i uh i was certain that he was pulling my chain about wanting to be a member of the comic jam because he he was so well defined and um had such a a solid uh, re- repertoire of you know of artwork already, and he had a solid portfolio. Awesome. Yeah, the only defined thing about me is like my artwork. My stomach is like well undefined, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you English people in your English humor. Uh, <laughs> so, well, let's talk about you though. So you are an artist and now would you describe yourself as like an illustrator, a colorist? Where do you fall on the spectrum or do you kind of do all of it? I fall the voodoo child. Um, and for most of my work, to be fair, that I've had printed, I've done all of it. I did with the last book I had out, which was with Marcosia. Um, uh, we brought a colorist on board for that. Because uh, I wanted to try working with a colorist because I'd never done it. And uh, the guy who did the coloring did a great job, but I decided from here on out I'll probably end up doing the coloring myself just because I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to the art. So um, I'll do the pencils, the inks, and all the colors. So I, I know it, it basically turns out visually the way I can imagine it. Well, it's close to anyway, given that I'm an artist and whatever I put on the page. I'd end, eventually end up hating within 30 seconds anyway, just going, it's shit. <laughs> oh, the eternal that's, that's struggle. The, that's what us artists do. So. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's funny. I, one of the things that I had learned uh, after talking with uh, our fellow Spoilerverse uh, people, you know, John and Kenrick, um, I never realized at first how many people could often be involved in the artistic side of things from illustrating, from coloring, from just doing lines, from just doing lettering, from just doing placement in the frame, all kinds of stuff. So I would imagine, you know, kind of like a a movie director uh, or a writer who doesn't get to direct their own stuff. It's kind of like that, that necessity sometimes to relinquish a part of your work to somebody else is probably pretty painful for the soul. I know I would have a hard time dealing with that. 
Yeah, it's interesting because obviously in the in the states, um, the whole comic industry was um, developed through that whole factory process of having somebody do the pencils, the inks, the colours, etc. So you could obviously get more work out. Whilst in the UK, it was always the other way around. You know, you'd have like for 2008, Judge Dredd, the the artist who've worked on that previously, would take everything from doing all the inks, the colours, everything. They would be in control of all of that. Recent years, it's started to change a little bit, and you'll get people doing the inks and colours um, for that. But yeah, from a UK perspective, actually doing all of it is actually quite part of the part of the course. But uh, I know for the guys in the states, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're all back ass words over here for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point, though, Pete, so you reached out and you said, hey, Casey, I want to be involved in this Comic Jam madness you got going on. And at what point did you start talking about wanting to do kind of like a project together uh, in the capacity that you're doing Voodoo Child? Well, uh, basically, I was working on a number of books at the time. Um, and I was, I was, I didn't... Even though I had creative input to, I didn't have any creative control over the books I was working on because the scripts sort of were already formed, the characters were already formed. It was a case of me turning up and doing the artwork for it, which is great and nice. And every like you know, well, most comic fans' dreams is to actually create comics like that. But I didn't feel like I had any creative control over anything really. So, and I know Casey's writing from the comic jam anyway, so I just hit up Casey and I was like, Case, do you want to work on something together? And uh, thankfully, he said, yeah, So, which is cool. So when did this concept uh, that you're working on right now, when did this officially form? When did it become a thing? So he, he asked me for a, um, a few different pitches. And uh, I'd had the idea that I wanted to do a um, kind of a horror story set in, in, during the Vietnam War. And, uh, but insofar as the story that we have now, it, it was not fully formed. Uh, I, I shot him a few different pitches and Pete, uh, kind of picked up on this one that at the time I was calling, I, I think, uh, uh, the dead hand or something like that. And, um, he, uh, he liked it. We, we started forming it from there and, uh, the, the, concept of, of voodoo in and of itself uh, is something I've always been uh, fascinated with because uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother, when I'd go visit her up in North Carolina, she had a neighbor across the street who was the, uh, everybody called her a witch. She was an old witch woman and uh, she's an old black lady and she um, apparently was it very heavily like part of like the voodoo community in that part of North Carolina, uh, which I don't know there was a voodoo community there, but, um, she, uh, she ended up giving my grandmother a, um, a Grigri bag and, uh, my grandmother in turn passed it on to my mother. And, uh, it was one of those things that my mom didn't want to have around the house. She just kind of hid it away in a drawer somewhere and I thought she was supposed that uh, she had said something about wanting to throw it out. And, uh, about a week ago, I asked her like, do you still have that Grigory bag? And because I remember she, she told me she wanted it out of the house. It was one of those things that freaked her out. She, uh, she got rid of it last year by giving it to my sister, but she had, she's had it for over 40 years now. So 
And what are the contents of said bag? Um, I I don't know, and um, it, it's like a, it's sewn up. Bag. It I remember feeling it, and uh, it felt like there were things inside of it. And I, I've looked it up, and a lot of times they'll put like uh, like kind of like prayer s- scrolls in there. Uh, sometimes there will be like chicken bones and stuff like that. And I remember there being like hard objects in that bag, though. It was just weird little bag that uh, Miss Nettie um, told my grandmother that she would keep in her bra, <laughs> which I'm sure my grandma was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Can't wait to put this in my bra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Pete did ask a good question, though. So what is the purpose of uh, the, the Gregory bag or the Gregory bag? Um, it's for protection. What is it for? Is it's all about protection? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's to ward off evil bra spirits. Exactly. <laughs> keep, keep them to the safe. <laughs> to ward off droop is what it is. It's fine. <laughs> nice. So, well, now that we've got the the background story on this, so let's dig in. Then let's get let's get the uh, the the main concept of Voodoo Child. What's it about? Where does it take place? And what's the what's the big overarching storyline that we can look forward to in this. So uh, this story is, is set in, uh, in Vietnam and um, it's basically uh, the story of a guy named Max and um, what happens to him. Basically the voodoo deity of death, Baron Samedi wants to shirk his responsibilities and ascend to paradise and he picks out this guy named Max Buchmann um, to uh, take over his role of, of death. And Max's only friend, London, dies in the war unexpectedly. And uh, Max realizes that he has the power to bring him back. And now Max ends up as, as a wandering spirit through Vietnam. And he's able to... Uh, inhabit the bodies of the recently dead and they basically are trying to escape uh having someone else control their destiny because max doesn't want to uh to live a life that's not his own so that that's basically the uh the backbone of the story is is defining your own destiny and and the will of uh being who you are rather than getting caught up in, in a grand the way I like not your own. The, the way I like to think of it is it's a coming of age story with voodoo zombies and war. Uh, yeah. In, I, in, well, a, in, in a, in a tagline. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I believe the tagline, if, if I remember it correctly from what I first saw was it's a story of war, death, destiny, and voodoo. Um, so that's a, a pretty awesome collection of, of very huge elements is this envisioned as kind of a horror story as or more of just like a like a drama type or an action type what do you think the feel of this is going to be so it has a lot of horror elements in it um, and oh, go ahead no no that's that's cool. I was just going to say um exactly what you just said it's got a lot of horror elements but i think the where we we're, we're going cuz there's a lot of like creative input from both sides as the, the story and I think it's a case of giving ourselves enough freedom 
to if we want to do um, an arc that's more character driven and like looking at the family tie sort of thing as opposed to the truly horrific that can be there but it gives us a freedom to work on whatever we want essentially is i don't know I don't, we've never actually discussed that to be fair if we case to go <laughs> where are we going with this so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> just so like yeah any... just write that that's cool <laughs> so it it's basically a, a character driven story and it's you want to build those characters but then you wrap them up in a situation, and the situation is horrific. War in, it, in and of itself is horrific, um, and we have we showcase the horrors of war in there. But also, you have this supernatural element that um, drives the the plot, and uh, it is uh, gets into some some nightmarish um, landscapes, and a very kind of we we don't skimp on the gore we don't skimp on the uh the Good. terror of it all the body horror of it all um you'll see uh one of the characters london is basically the mr bill of the story in that um you remember the old snl skit mr bill <laughs> so london yeah, always is getting this... crushed always getting <laughs> fucked up Exactly. So he's this dispossessed spirit that uh, is now inhabiting all these these bodies. And uh, there's a scene in the book, too, where his eyes get gouged out and we go slapstick with it because what else will we do? Um, and uh, we, we get to fuck him up as much as we want. And he's still fine. I don't feel too bad about it. Um, especially when, you know, we make his dick fall off or something like that. So <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of fun with it. And is this envisioned, uh, as, as kind of a long-term project or is there an end in sight to it? So we're going to talk about your Kickstarter here in a minute, but that's just going to be for the first issue. Do you see this as kind of like a limited run series or have you even gotten that far yet? So we have five issues planned for this first series. And um, basically that, that in and of itself will be a story. And uh, we have plans for the characters later on, but this will be a complete story beginning, middle and end. Okay. Awesome. I think I think what we've discussed before, um, and I don't know um, where we, if we're going to go with this, but one thing we discussed before was for each arc to be set in a certain time zone. So the first arc would be the 60s, second arc would be the 70s, third arc, and then forth, so forth. Um, but whether we end up doing that is a different matter. But I still think that's a cool idea. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. the second arc, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I have the second arc mapped out, and it's going to be. Um, uh, it, it's heavily inspired by a documentary I, I read uh, or saw about um, Operation Snow White, which was a uh, basically a heist that the Church of Scientology pulled with the um, the tax revenue office. Uh, and yeah and uh so a lot of stuff like that and um also uh cults so it's, it's gonna deal a lot with that this first one um we were heavily inspired by quentin tarantino uh 
Garth Ennis, uh, people like that. And, um, Comic book geeks will will know who Garth Ennis is. Uh, if you've seen the TV show Preacher, that's based off of his work, uh, and obviously Quentin Tarantino yeah. is just a masterful asshole who likes feet. some random. Mm-hmm. No feet in this. Some, we some, haven't done, might feet. done a couple Pete, of films. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, are you okay with drawing feet? Like a lot of feet. I suppose we could do some feet, dude. As okay, long as I don't so, have to draw the toes. Okay, so we we can say that okay, we're inspired cool. by Tarantino on this. Uh, have have you has that clicked with you yet? Have you, on Tarantino films, it's all feet. It's so fucking weird. He's got a foot fetish, yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm not yucking anybody's yum. Yeah, but well, I mean, he's no guy, Richie. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Now, one 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 of the great things I love about working with Casey is that uh, he'll give me a script and I'll read through it and I'll just be like, "That's fucking bonkers. I love it." It's just like it's just like watching an episode of like the boys or something and you're like, That was what? What? And uh I use a lot of three uh, D in my work and I was recently like this this past weekend I'm setting up a couple of scenes for like some reference images <laughs> for uh Bar- Baron Samedi, um, who's like the main bad guy, the guy that's on the front of the um Kickstarter thing pointing. Um basically in the second issue he ends up wearing a Barbarella outfit and coming on to London when he's in his dispossessed uh, corpse state. So yeah, the missus was like, "What the hell are you drawing?" And yeah, that's cool because that's the sort of reaction I'd like to have. Well, people, it's just... <laughs> so is that the that's the basic formula? Is that Casey? You kind of come up with some story ideas and then kind of pass them off, and Pete, you kind of take the words and turn them into visuals. Yeah, so Casey will do a script, um, very much like a film script, essentially, um, but with instead of shots, you'll have panels. Right. Um, then I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that, and then thumbnail and do like little drawings of the pages, figuring out where all the boxes go and where people can go. And sometimes I might turn around to Casey and go, "Okay, so I need to think. We need to chuck another three pages in here just to spread this bit of action out a bit and add a bit of tension and stuff to it." Um, and then, yeah, I'll send it back over to Casey with thumbnails and the script will be updated. And then, yeah, we just develop it from there, essentially. Awesome. And how would you describe the art style? Do you have a particular art signature you're known for? Or are you trying something new that you haven't done before? Uh, no, I, I, when I first started out off in comics, and I've been doing comics for about 10, 11 years. Um, there was quite a few artists that inspired me and I used to try and emulate what their art looked like, but it slowly developed into my own sort of style. Um, but the going back to Preacher, there was an artist on that, um, bless his soul, um, called Steve Dillon, who passed away a couple of years back. But his art on Preacher is probably the biggest influence uh, for me on, on the visual look of the book. So, Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the name Voodoo Child. So, of course, the first thing I think of is going to be Jimi Hendrix, and so I don't know if uh, there was any inspiration for the title for this. So, how did you guys come up with the name for this, and and is there any kind of a musical relation to it? That's a Hendrix song. Pete, why don't you tell me that's a Hendrix song? <laughs> Sorry, dude, I so, meant to tell you. Uh, Mr. Mojo Rising <laughs> references the Doors as well. I don't know if you knew that. But... Oh, shit. Um, that yeah, drunk huge, asshole. Hu- hugely, um, yeah, that guy, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, huge, hugely, hugely influenced by music, but um, 
interesting story to do with the actual title and the fact that it's got two L's in it. Um, so... <laughs> I was going to ask about that, so yes, please. Because it's messing with my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you may know, basically, uh, Hendrix released Voodoo Child in the UK under the term Voodoo Child Slight Return or something like that. He, re- he named it slightly differently for the UK audience right. as opposed to the American audience. And uh, Casey sent me an uh, image of the logo with Child in the proper way it's spelt. And I was in the pub. I'd had maybe three to four pints by this point, And I was like thinking of the UK version. And I was like, nah, man, it's supposed to have two L's in it because it's like spelt differently for the UK audience. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got the new logo back with two L's. He was like, if you sure, dude. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got the logo back and... Uh, <laughs> By the time I got home that evening, I'd had like maybe six pints. So I went online on GoDaddy, registered a domain for Voodoo Chili. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically Voodoo Chili, but Voodoo Child. Uh, one cool thing about that story, though, is that I looked on Urban Dictionary to figure out what a chili was. And a chili, within the way that it's spelt, essentially is a godhead of a religion. So um, according to Urban Dictionary, this is. So Jesus, for instance, would be a godhead of the um, Christianity religion or Catholic Catholic religion, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, So in in essence, it's quite cool because it means it's voodoo godhead rather than just voodoo chili. So, yeah. 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 But uh, the the second arc we didn't tell you about, of course, is, as Casey said the other day, based in a diner. And it's actually, we're we're pivoting and doing a whole series of books on how to cook different sorts of chili that uh, Casey and his family have given me. I'm going to be drawing all the elements of the chili and then doing step-by-steps on how to make it. So. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you're fucking with me or not, chili. but I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you ever had amazing. Southwest Green Chili before? It's fantastic. I have actually had it before. It is fantastic. Uh, I love. Uh, here, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole for a minute. You know, uh, my my day job is that I'm a chef, oh, and yeah. uh, I absolutely love. I love spicy food, but I love fresh chilies. Like they're one of my favorite things to use as as like a, a seasoning ingredient in and of themselves i mean you can just do so much with chilies and uh and i love chili as well so that's kind of cool well uh let's talk about this kickstarter then i mean you put it up there it looks like it already blew away your fucking day one goal you guys exceeded i think what you were going for right off the top right it, it was mental um we launched at 8 p.m gmt um and by and then we saw loads of stuff come in. It was like I was messaging Casey on Messenger. I was like, "This is mental! It's coming in so fast." And then woke up um, ready for work, 7 a.m. GMT, and we'd funded. And I was like, "What the fuck? Seriously?" Um, and then by the end of that day, we were on like 1100 uh, GBP, and I was like, "Absolutely mental! Uh, it's yeah. been phenomenal! Like I'm, I'm." I'm blown away, to be fair. Um, and I know Casey is as well. It's just, it's surreal, you know? Yeah. So the it was for for issue number one, right, is what the Kickstarter is. is this particular one is just for the first issue? Yeah. Yes. Now, and- I assume, like a lot of artists, that you have a, a pretty good backing of, you know, friends and followers and people that probably kind of knew about this before it was even going to go live. Um, so we can probably thank some, some people that were just like, I'm going to support this, even if it's a pile of ass, 
um, which I'm sure it's not, but Thanks, you know, Mom. if it is, you know, props, you're still funded. So <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, uh, yeah. you had some pretty cool, uh, some pretty cool perks for, for signing up for it, including kind of like an early bird bonus. So let's talk about all the cool shit you guys are hooking people up with for helping you fund this. So the first 24 hours, we had a deal where if you bought the, uh, just any tier of the, uh, the comic, you could get 10 extra comics with it. Um, and those were all, uh, from, uh, from other folks, but they were, they were friends of ours. And, uh, now we're, we're onto the stretch goals. And, uh, so anything over the, I think an American is 21 bucks, anything over that tier, that tier and above rather, uh, you get four, uh, badge pins. Um, right now that's the first, uh, stretch goal that's unlocked. The second one, which we're roughly, I want to say like 70 bucks away from hitting, um, is, uh, a fridge magnet with the, uh, the Ace of Spades logo that that we're having on the back cover, um, and it's yeah, it, it's it's gonna look badass. Uh, so I I can't wait to do that. And we also have um, eventually we have plans for uh, some other treats that we're gonna go in there. We haven't announced them yet. However, uh, Pete mm. and I have talked about them, and they're they're gonna be amazing. I remembered seeing something in there. Uh, so there was, there was a, one of the tiers has like some cool, like some postcard art. And then another tier has like an exclusive, like more of a sketch drawing. Uh, Pete, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, you've got, um, postcards from the edge, which is 15 GBP or 21 USD. Um, and with that, you get basically the printed edition of the comic, a artist a digital artist edition, which is the main comic, along with the uh, line work and a script next to it. So you see uh, little conversations that me and Casey would have had in the middle of that script and things like that, and including a little concept art. Um, along with that, you also get, and I will tell you now, because I need to go on the page because my brain is going. Um, do, 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 two seconds. It's okay. The magic of the studio will fast forward that part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you get the print edition, the digital edition, uh, digital wallpapers for your tablet, phone, um, etc., and four postcards. And the next level up from that is an exclusive art where you get all of that stuff. Plus also you get a little trading card size sketched, uh, drawn by myself and an original, uh, A4 sketch, or if you're in the U S uh, roughly 8.5 by 11, I think is the equivalent. Um, and then, so there's currently 18 left of, um, originally 30, um, but now down to, um, 18 and then you can also, if you want to purchase original or back and pledge, uh, to get original comic art from, uh, Voodoo Child issue one, which is currently got about nine spaces of those left. Um, so that would be signed by myself as an artist. Again, it's on full, um, comic art size, uh, paper so you can put that in a frame and frame that uh, i've sent one to casey a couple of weeks back just to figure out postage because for all the tiers uh, even though i'm based in the uk if you actually if you uh, back the project all the tiers include shipping as well so you don't have to worry about having like an extra 30 quid go oh it's quite interesting i'll back that and then find out it's an extra 30 pounds i've actually yeah. calculated it so all the shipping is included with the tiers so 
Oh, well, that's that's actually cool that you bring that up because I know that as of, especially in this last year, shipping back and forth between the UK and the US has gotten significantly more expensive. Uh, I know that I just sent a, a t-shirt uh, to a gentleman uh, over in Lancashire and it cost me like fucking 20 bucks to send this t-shirt over. I was like, holy crap, dude. Um, and I think I, I think I charged him like 10 bucks for the shirt and it was like 20 bucks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's cool though. I think that's a good heads up. I also thought that there, that you had a really cool thing where at one of the tiers, if you pony up some big bucks, then maybe you'll, uh, get yourself drawn into an episode of a future comic. We've had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. We had four spots available for that. All four, um, have actually gone, um, and basically, with that, we've had that that went straight away. To be fair, um, a good friend of ours actually bought it, and uh, he's he's got two cats, and he was like, and and the, the the thing is, it's like you know, have yourself drawn in issue two, and he was like, can the cats go in the comic instead? I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. I'm like, case you need to write in how we're going to put some cats into a into a Vietnam War, but like you know. You can go for it. <laughs> hey, dude! Evil voodoo cats sound badass. I'm just saying. It, it, essentially, well, like, <laughs> funnily enough, that is actually what we're going for. <laughs> we so I'm psychic that way. I had so many different things I was trying to because issue two is is almost completely written. Um, we have it. I, I'm writing the last pages like I was about to say as we speak, but I'm not writing it as we speak because I'm talking to you guys. Um, but no, I'm writing the last pages. Uh, you know, at you know, I'll probably be finished tonight with it. Uh, but trying to find a way to put two cats into the book, I was like, "How are we gonna do that?" And I finally settled on <laughs> the one thing because I, I initially was gonna do it uh, at the army base in the book, and immediately I was like that character would say, why the fuck are there two cats in a war zone? So um, I found a way to to inject them into the scene and it made the scene so much better. I cannot wait for this guy to see his cats in the book. It makes me so happy to think about that. And uh, it uh, is going to be so fucking rad, dude. Yeah, I caught up with him. I caught up with him earlier today because Casey uh, pinged me over the script for that. Caught up with him, and he was just like, "That's so cool. That's so cool. That's so cool." So, um, I love the fact that uh, artists such as yourselves are cool, and you're you're reaching out and including people in the work. And I've seen that a lot, also in, in the music uh, business. I have a lot of friends in the music industry, and one of the things that they are doing a lot of for pre-orders or for, you know, GoFundMes or, you know, whatever to help fund their projects is, hey, yeah, get your name in the thanks liner or get, you know, like a, get like a personal Zoom call with me or, or something or, you know, we'll, we'll put a, a character of you uh, in the album art or something like that. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that. And I think it's really cool because, you know, as a fan, you can kind of look at this piece of work that you kind of helped fund and you just, you, you're now a part of it. It's there forever uh, in print or in writing or in a video somewhere. And I, I just think it's really cool. So, so I applaud you guys for even for thinking about that. And it's badass that it gets to be somebody's cats. I just think that's awesome. <laughs> One thing I want for people to have the balls enough to do is to, uh, I, I want a band to be like, Hey, pay us an extra hundred bucks you get to play bass on this album 
We're a fucking death metal band. Nobody hears you oh, anyway. Shit. Fucking get on here. Play your fucking bass. And we'll just play it. We'll just put it really low in the mix and nobody can know. <laughs> yeah, we'll just uh, Jason Newstead it. Exactly. And, uh, and bury it. Uh, <laughs> That's cool, though. You know, uh, the uh, the idea of, of getting somebody involved with that musically. Uh, yeah, I think I, I would probably do that. I, I would probably play an instrument I don't even play just to get on it. Like, hell, I'll play drums on your album I can't play, but that's fine. I'll do it. I'll, I'll play yeah, it works money. for Ringo, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, he's still doing it. <laughs> I don't think Glockenspiel really goes into this album. Hey, well, actually, though, with, with the voodoo stuff, you might be able to kind of get some cool you know, uh, percussive kind of sounds like that. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. We've actually got a, a really awesome playlist that Casey put together, like about that, two that, years ago, to be fair. You guys are psychic. I was going to ask you about, about the music. Cause I know Casey, you had told me that you had had some stuff kind of coming for this. So you're envisioning some, some musical elements in your head as you're writing this. So tell us about this playlist. So, so Pete and I share music a lot and, um, it, we're we're both like boy bands yes uh mostly the uh <laughs> <laughs> now it, a lot of um a lot of rock a lot of classic rock uh especially now with with voodoo child obviously you know you you have hendrix but also um i'm a big fan of the stooges uh search and destroy goes in there right away um and also just Stuff like uh, the OCs, which I'm, I'm a big fan of. There's a song called Dead Man's Gun that made the playlist. Uh, I tried to make the playlist as authentic to the time that the series is set in. However, there were a few songs that kind of stood out like the OCs. Um, uh, King Crimson, uh, The Pretty Things, Rainbow, uh, obviously Motorhead, uh, the MC5, um, Booker T and the MGs. Uh, that sounds like a song that would have and been. Then, and, then, and, and then you got the uh, British sort of influence as well. So you've got some um, creation in there, some Yardbirds, some Small Faces, um, all that sort of early mod sort of thing as well because you've got london coming over and the, the way i thought about it was like you know what sort what sort of music would london be listening to when he came over to the nam before he got introduced to all this like cool rock stuff as well is yeah <clears throat> so do you envision the the musical element as something that somebody would listen to as they're reading the book uh, the way I envision the music is when Netflix picks it up, eventually we can actually commission <laughs> to actually get these tunes put into the show. <laughs> Clearly that's already in the process, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, Johnny uh, Horsley did, ha had a concept, you know, with the Ayn's Anthology that, that also had a kind of a, a musical tie-in to it. Are you guys doing something like you'll release or try to release some kind of music with it? Or is this just something kind of that you would, you would envision people on their own, just kind of, Hey, check out this playlist and, and, you know, listen as you're reading. Yeah. So from a marketing point of view, I think at the moment it'd be better for us to keep that sort of in-house. So it inspires me and Casey. And when we get to the fifth issue or when we get to the trade paperback Kickstarter, because hopefully by that point we would have built up quite an audience. We could actually release that and go, 
uh, use that as part of, the, part of the marketing and go, this is what's inspired us over the last like two years when we've been making this, gotcha. and then release it to people and you know. Yeah, just to get music them more licensing involved. is licensing is a bitch because oh, um, yeah. I deal with it all the time for my shows. So uh, there there is an element of legality to it for sure, but it's really cool to be able to listen to music and say, Hey, this was, this was kind of going through my head as I was creating this, or this was kind of what I was hearing as this, uh, this image or this frame came into my mind, or this is what we project these characters would have been exposed to in their time. So I, 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 every time I create something, every time I'm in the process of, of, of doing anything, there's always a musical element in my head that translates into a vision uh, of some capacity. And, and I, I kind of get that vibe off of you guys. It music is kind of a, an element that's kind of a tool, a creationist tool. Maybe that's there in the background, but it's influencing what you guys are putting out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I made the list to kind of like get him in a headspace uh, for, for what I was trying to convey on the page. Um, and lately when I write, I've been listening to a lot of, um, mostly like doom metal and uh like for lack of a better word like stoner metal <laughs> um, so uh yeah. bongzilla big fan of them big fan of um of the sword big fan like massive fan of ohm uh and uh sleep which you know is basically the same band with the exception of one guy um but yeah, bands like that just really blow my mind and uh, help me kind of get where I need to be mentally to to get it out on the page. Um, so it, it's it's really like a uh, a tool um, that you can use. I, I I love being able to to put my headphones in and just immediately kind of get back to where I need to be, especially after working. You know, yeah. a ten-hour day, coming home, taking care of your kids, and uh, try try to make your wife happy, and then they go to bed, and you're like, "Oh shit, I need to write this book." <laughs> so, um, well, so well, so conversely, I, I I listen to it when I'm like thumbnailing pages out, but then when I'm actually drawing or inking anything, I actually listen to a lot of um, classical stuff um, or classical bands that have covered. Um, other artists there's this one called um uh, vitamin string quartet who did the music to bridgeton which is an amazing show um and i don't care who says any, anything different but they do um <laughs> uh, they, they've they've got they've got an album full of classical music where they've just done loads of sound garden stuff um and they've got a whole album full of muse stuff as well where they've just done classical th- I, I should I put um showed Casey a couple of, t- of those tunes the other week. He was like, actually, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know, considering he likes to go dark and like, as I, as I used to call it, um, kill all the pigeons metal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I call it that, basically, whenever I hear death metal, it literally, they could be saying anything, including kill all the pigeons. So you'd be like, kill all the pigeons, kill all the pigeons. <laughs> and it'll work as a song, you know? So Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> fan of death metal, and I'm a huge fan of killing pigeons. So I don't Happy know why days. there hasn't. Yeah, it's it's like a like chocolate and peanut butter. Death metal and killing pigeons go together, uh, and I now I, I can never unthink of them together because of <laughs> what you just taught me. So, I mean, that uh, that no could one? be in a Carpathian Forest song. 
those could be lyrics to a Carpathian Forest song. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we've got we've got this uh, this thing is funded officially. It's going to happen. There's no way it's not. Yes, We're yes. working on stretch goals. You you've got what you've got thirty days. Right is is how long these 25. campaigns typically go for. So. 25 days okay yeah yeah 25 that's a weird left. number Sorry. somebody needs to do something about that yeah it so, was it was, oh, gotcha, it was okay. the epos 25 now so. god damn five days already that's crazy so and the next one you've already got planned so let's just let's just assume we're going to blow all these goals out of the water we're going to hit these stretch goals uh, are we going to consider maybe doing something like hardback versions as well or you know taking taking any extra fundage and really bringing this to the next level um, the goal is for this first Kickstarter, because the first one is basically to test the waters, see what the fan base is like, see if there's interest in what we're doing, get some feedback on that, um, and then essentially just release the second issue, hopefully in June time. The plan is is to get, obviously, everything funded by March, March, April, get the money back from Kickstarter, get it sent off to the printers, get the prints back, get those out in May. So even if in, you're in the US, um, you should be getting those by about June, end of June, then do the Kickstarter version two of the Kickstarter. So people who've backed it literally may still have it on their coffee table ready to read because I haven't got around to reading it yet. And then they'll see that the second issue is all up and running is, is the plan essentially. So awesome. So what else do we need to know about Voodoo Child? What haven't we talked about? Um, I, uh, this is the only thing keeping me from opening it up and only fans. So, um, please fund this book. Uh, otherwise you, you don't want to see what, or what don't because maybe some people <laughs> want to see Casey's only fans. I mean, what is this only fans? Like, Cause it's twice now this has been mentioned and I'm like, what, what am I missing here? It, it's a, <laughs> do you really not know what it is? I don't I know. I haven't either. got a clue what I it mean, is, honestly. I'm like, I, I think that would be a, a terrible thing for for a married man to know. No, it, it's it's a campsite. <laughs> well, but, so. Um, <laughs> oh. oh okay. <laughs> Basically, it started out. It started out as artists legitimately. Uh, artists legitimately wanted to have a, a, a way that their fans could help them either fund projects or or help them make a living or help them get from point A to point B. And then it got taken over by really? uh, sex workers. And, I then, didn't know and was... then on top of that, then just random people. Th- yeah. And random people like, well, shit, I'll get naked for money. <laughs> 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 and so that's kind of where it's at now. And that's why Casey wants to do it. No, so <laughs> my, my only experience with it is because I, I help run the comic. When the missus yeah. has gone to bed and you've exactly. got the Phoenix next to you. No. <laughs> So, <laughs> because, because I help run the comic game, um, I, I have to find artists and writers and people that would be interested in it. And uh, one of the artists that um, I was looking at as potentially interested in uh, joining the group, I was checking her art on her Instagram page, and it had a link tree. And I, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's totally, totally legit. And there's a link tree, and I was like, OnlyFans, what's that? And I clicked it, and I was like, oh, no. Um, see, the, but, see, uh, see, the thing is, Case, Case the thing is, is if, if you were Yorkshire, Yorkshire, and you said that, 
you'd be like, <clears throat> you know, if you're Sean Bean, for instance, you'd be like checking her out. Would be like, you know, you would be checking her out. Oh yeah, be checking yeah, yeah. Her out, yeah. Like in there. Yeah, yeah. See, see, it's a good job you're not Yorkshire, because <laughs> the missus will kill you. She she has plenty of other reasons to kill me. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. So, well, that's awesome. It it sounds like it sounds like everything's going great. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. It seems like th- there's enough people out there also excited enough that that you've got your first goals met um, in a very timely fashion. So, we're looking forward to seeing this thing out there in June. Hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, and you know the whole print media thing doesn't get all jacked up. Where can people find this on Kickstarter? Where can they stock you guys on social media? And how do they get all of the information they need about this project? So the best place would be um, facebook.com. No, not even facebook.com. Um, on facebook.com is this website. You might know if you heard of it. You can talk to people over the internet called Facebook. Um, on Facebook, we've got a page called Voodoo Child where you can go and uh, find out all about the comic. Um, and Two also L's. If you just Two owls, Voodoo Chili, if you want to uh, think about spelling it out there. Um, we also have a um, Twitter page, which is Voodoo Chili The Voodoo Comic? Child. You're, you're, the tw- you're the Twitter guy. Yeah, yeah, it's The Voodoo Child uh, on Twitter. And uh, in addition to that, we also have an Instagram. All of those have links in the bios to the, um, to the website and to the Kickstarter. So... Um, and also, we we've been pretty diligent in sending out links to uh, to the Kickstarter as it is ongoing. So, uh, and you know, for all that, you could also go to uh, Kickstarter.com, uh, search Voodoo, Voodoo Child, and uh, you'll you'll find it. So, uh, Voodoo Chili, yes, or, or Voodoo <laughs> Chili. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I hope you guys, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy the book. Uh, it's been a labor of love from from Pete and I. Uh, we've had a lot of fun writing it. And uh, if you're into horror, if you're into um, uh, war comics, if you're into uh, anything just kind of slightly violent and uh, deranged, um, you you might like this comic. Yeah, in in the video for the Kickstarter, I say anyone that enjoys uh, Preacher, The Sandman, um, Walking Dead, or 100 Bullets, all really good comics, would probably enjoy this. At least that's our intention. So, All right. Well, there you guys have it firsthand from the creators directly. So thanks again to Casey Allen. Thanks again to Pete Woods for hanging out on the show. And go help fund this project even more so than it's already funded. I promise you, you won't regret it. It's fucking badass. Thank you guys very much for hanging out. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks so much. Awesome. Cheers, dude. Thank you. Damn, thanks, of course, to all of you out there in radio and podcast land for your support. If you're feeling extra generous, you can also back Misery Point Radio on Patreon to help keep us going. Easy to find, patreon.com forward slash Misery Point Radio. There's a few different levels of support you can choose from, and everything helps. This motherfucker's expensive to run. In the meantime, we're going to take you out with one of Casey's musical inspirations for the comic. Here's I Hate God with New Orleans is the new Vietnam. Yeah, I'm
Governor, you're listening to Misery Point Radio, you fucking cunts. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>